0: Hello everyone and welcome to Lag Radio, your weekly source of video game appreciation, chiptune idolatry, and so very much more. My name is Marmar the Midboss, and for the last show of the Winter Quarter, I was lucky enough to bring out the Big Guns. On the show tonight, we are conversing with an LA-based duo who have worked together and separately on some of the biggest franchises in modern gaming. We're talking the Borderlands series, we're talking the Assassin's Creed series, we're talking Ghost Recon Future Soldier, and most recently... They composed soundtracks to the long-awaited sequels Halo Wars 2 and Crackdown 3 for the Xbox One and PC. Welcome to the show, Brian Trifon and Brian Lee White of Finishing Move.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Now, first off, very importantly, we got to discuss the elephant in the room. You're both named Brian. Help me out here. <laughs> Do either of you have a preferred handle or some way to work around that?
1: You can call us by our last name, so you can call me Trifon. Try yeah, and, and then Brian White, yeah.
2: It's like a football team.
0: <laughs> Got it. All right. Brian Trifon, Brian White. Got it. Thank you, guys. All right. So I'm going to assume that most of our listeners are very, very aware of the many styles that you've worked on, but they may not know so much about you two individually. So what brought you to both to the music industry as a profession?
1: Sure. Uh, so I'll start. Um, I, I guess basically like way back, I, I was interested in in guitar and like played that as a little kid and uh, and then and also played a lot of video games. I grew up on like Nintendo Entertainment System, played a lot of Metroid, things like that. So uh, as time went on, ended up going to USC, studied jazz guitar, realized that there wasn't really a career for me in guitar most likely uh, and uh, got more involved in music production and electronic music, and, and, you know, music for media, stuff like that, um, ways to make a living. And then over time, uh, I you know, became friends with Brian White, and we sort of teamed up and started working together. And, and uh, yeah, so it just was sort of start started from there. I, um, Brian White, if you want to give your, your story.
2: Oh, yeah, so um, I grew up uh, playing in bands Uh, my family, uh, there's lots of musicians, my dad actually owns a music store still, Uh, so I grew up working there, had a little studio in the back, Um, and I just, yeah, fell in love with production and recording, and uh, I went to college for business and economics, because my parents wanted me to, like, get a real degree, quote, uh, but then I promptly, as soon as I graduated, I uh, decided to go work uh, at a studio for free, uh, and uh, and basically worked my way up um, doing sessions, and that led to uh, doing more production work, and uh, started getting into commercials and uh music for media and that's actually where, where Brian and I started working together. That was probably around like two thousand six, two thousand seven and we were working uh kind of for the same music house, uh doing a lot of like uh a lot of commercials and ads and, and sort of corporate music and just sort of music for media stuff and uh yeah and then we just kind of grew a little bit tired of 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 that, kind of just the, the you know week to week grind of like you know what's what's this week what's this week and we kind of put our heads together and decided to team up sort of for real and uh start sort of tackling or at least trying to tackle uh getting on bigger projects and uh we were sort of fortunate enough to kind of I, uh, you know luck our way in some pretty big franchises uh just yeah. uh, kind of working um we had worked with uh, Paul Lipson. Uh, Brian met Paul at, at uh, Puremind, and and uh, he saw some of uh, Brian's tripod sound design and was just like, hey, you know, you want to work on, like, I'm doing this Halo game, and it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, and sort of one thing led to another. Paul ended up working at 343, and he liked what we did, and he brought us back for Halo Anniversary 2, we did that that led to halo wars um yeah we just uh kind of ballooned out from there
0: jeez i love how that just kind of snowball effect you just you get this one in and suddenly it's just more and more is going to come and it's it's been continuing until even now with crackdown 3 and i imagine some future projects you have in the works
1: yeah no absolutely i mean and i think it's it's really cool that it's just like you know it's it's like small little steps and connections and things, and then it, it sort of, it, it like you said, it snowballs, like where just one tiny thing that you do can lead to just something that's, like, maybe slightly bigger, and then sometimes you, you end up getting something that's, like, a big jump up, and for us, that was the Halo 2 anniversary, like the Halo Master Chief collection when that came out in, uh, I guess that was 2014 that we did that. Um, that was, like, a big step up for us, and that's sort of, like, what, what led to you know, a lot of, uh, larger opportunities after that.
0: Right. Touching specifically on that one. So that was, you guys were reworking the original soundtrack by Marty. Is that right?
1: That's right. Yeah. So basically it was like transcribing the, the original. And this was, um, with a couple of other composer friends of ours as well. So Tom Salta and Lenny Moore and Paul Lipson, who was also, he was also the audio uh, director on the project. Um, and so yeah, we were uh, transcribing and then re-recording and recreating like all of the sounds. Uh, um, so like both the synth stuff and the orchestral stuff, and re-recorded it. And you know hired the guitarist Steve Vai because he played on the original to right. come back and do another session uh, for it. So it was like a actually a really massive undertaking and probably one of the hardest projects too, just from like because.
2: Uh, a, we didn't have access to any of the original. I mean, we just had the yeah. stereo recordings and the assets in the game, and it was kind of like, okay, we need to both recreate these recordings uh, yeah. in a way that sort of honors the original, but sort of like kind of you know, it's like HD, you know, makes you know, I like kind of record it with a big orchestra and uh, mix it. And a lot of the stuff on the original was there was some live orchestra, but then it was a lot of synth orchestra, and we were like, okay, we want to kind of really do this justice, blow it out, redo everything. But we didn't have access, actually. Uh, There's just some legal stuff going on. We didn't have access to the original, like, files, the stems, or yeah. even the transcribed music. So um, it was all sort of like this crazy, uh, like, retranscription process. Uh, and that, that goes down to even, like, reprogramming synth sounds, you know, yeah. that at, the po- at that time were, like, probably like from 15-year-old like uh, you know workstation and synthesizers and things like that that Marty had and just sort of trying to wrap our heads around like oh, how did he make this sound in this section and it, it was a crazy project to work on
0: yeah Geez, that is wild. That's yeah. That was much more work than I think anyone was probably anticipating. When you think of just all right, we're going to take the iconic Halo soundtrack and just remaster it. No, no, no. There's all these steps that no one probably thinks enough about. So, thanks for doing all that you did for that because it was, of course, such a um, outstanding collection of games for many millions of people that played. So, you guys do sound design for some film. Is that correct?
1: Um, uh, so trailers. Yeah, we, for for trailers. Yeah, we do. Yeah.
0: Okay. So is that, is that particular process licensing out tracks that you've made ahead of time to film companies or is it making a particular trailer for a film or?
1: So usually for, for that, it's creating like sound design assets that are not to picture. So it's essentially like creating, um, you know, like some really intense riser sound that they'll use and they can cut to in a trailer or like, A massive impact sound that you know is larger than life so it's different um like a a sound design like that is different for a trailer than say even a film or video game because you're going for this larger than life kind of sound like maximum impact whereas in a film or game you you want something that matches what you're seeing that's sort of proportional um to what's going on where it's like in trailers everything is like overhyped and overblown. Um,
2: Tra- trailers most people don't realize, I mean I think once they find out it's it's very obvious. So you go watch a trailer and you're like, "Oh yeah, you're right." So trailers they they rarely use the music or the sounds from the actual theatrical movie. Trailers are their whole separate thing and they're cut by a diff- like totally different companies that just specialize in trailers. And they use sounds and music that are just specifically designed for trailers, Uh, and and again, it's to achieve like what Trifon was saying, sort of this maximum amount of impact. How do we pack two hours of action into a two-minute trailer, uh, and you know, get people really excited to come see the film? Uh, And so, it's a totally this totally different sort of kind of niche world uh, here in Hollywood yeah it's, it's 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 a pretty big deal but a lot of people don't really know the nuts and bolts of it uh because you know it's just something that's like it's it's marketing the film so it's a very behind the scenes kind of thing
0: yeah okay so it's not just that you're giving some of your tracks that you've made before to films is you're actually giving the assets you're giving the tools to the companies to do what they want with for the trailers is that correct
1: yeah yeah to to the editor it's usually the editor that is it- cutting like the trailer editor that's cutting it and, and placing the sound design and placing also music cues. And it's often like could be several different music cues that they'll license into a trailer and, you know, tons of different sound design assets. And like uh, Brian White was saying, um, you know, pretty much all of them are not from the film itself, like the music and the sound design. It's cause it, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole different thing. It's like an advertisement for the movie and everything has to be you know overhyped and really sell it in a short amount of time, whereas like you know in in a in a movie or even if it was a game like it we, we sometimes do game trailers too it's like um you know like in the actual movie or game the the music and sound design is often more subtle Because otherwise you get really tired of <laughs> if everything was just always cranked up to eleven mm-hmm. all the time it's it's you know that's that's grueling and tiresome. So, you know, it's, uh, but in a trailer when you need to really catch people's attention and sell it quickly, like, you know, things are really turned up to 11 or, or they, uh, you know, the dynamics accelerate extremely quickly.
0: Got it. Okay. So when it comes to these assets and the production of them, uh, how do you, how do you two balance that? Does, does one of you work on one particular sort of pack or idea, or do you both kind of balance that?
1: Um, so, you know, it, it kind of depends. So certain projects, um, you know, will focus on different areas of it. Like, we'll you know, so let's say it's a, a game, <clears throat> you know, a lot of times we'll work on just different parts, like, you know, different levels or, or different pieces of music for, for the same level. And then, you know, pass it back and forth. Um, it, you know, we have pretty complimentary skills. I'd say, um, that I do a lot of focus, on the musical sound design, so kind of developing really special and unique musical sounds that, you know, Brian and I can use w- when we write music. Um, and then I would say uh, the, the other area that where Brian White really excels that, that I'm, you know, uh, a little slower at is he's really fantastic with his mixing skills and his mastering skills. So usually all of the final mixes and masters are... Are coming through his studio so we do kind of like specialize and divide up the labor um, but it's not always like a totally the same every time like prescribed format you know
2: yeah we could oftentimes we're working i mean these days we're working sort of parallel on multiple projects so a lot of times it just depends on like what you know, like, what's on the plate for, for what projects? So, I mean, because, like, for example, with Crackdown 3, uh, we did all the, the uh, interactive implementation in WISE, so I, I do that, too. And so, like, as, as we were getting closer and closer to ship with crunch time, I was just in, uh, you know, test mode all day, playing the game, back into WISE, fixing things, just kind of, like, like really doing all the polish stuff. For, for getting that game out the door, uh, while Trifon was is working on sort of the next like the next project. So sometimes we'll just kind of shuffle into like who needs to work on what to get it done, uh, and then you know when it's really crunchy. And then like ideally we can fall back into like oh let's you know like pass all these different things off to each other and and uh, split the workload.
0: Got it. All right. So before we start going more into the whole crackdown thing, I wanted to touch a little bit more on what you guys have done outside of the video game and the movie industry. I wanted to talk a little bit about your full-length Hypocene Volume One, came out in 2016, and more recently, I believe you guys came out with In Harmony, which was released in November of last year. Uh, So Hypocene was. Really, honestly, some very outstanding work. I really thought that it felt very beat-centric. It was blending genres like glitch hop, and there's trap sounds, and there's ambient interludes in there. These are tracks that I could totally see in a live setting very, very easily. Meanwhile, In Harmony had this very much more darker, cinematic, thriller, kind of horror-esque vibe that would probably scare people off of a dance floor. So what really spurred the style change between those two releases?
1: I think it's just part of it is just what you know we're interested in at that moment or things we've been working on. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's that you know we, with finishing moves the, the focus has never been like, hey, we're gonna go perform this live in clubs. Although we haven't like ruled that out as a possibility, but that that was never never the plan. It was more of just you know, um, it's it's the music that that we're we're interested in doing together um, and. You know, I think with with Hype Scene, it was just like that was what we were exploring at the time was kind of, um, you know, we were exploring this, like, this stylized, sort of trailerized uh, hip-hop influenced uh, uh, electronic music that, you know, was very cinematic. You know, we called it like, you know, cinematic trap music or, or you know,
2: something like that. Cinematic bass music.
1: Yes, cinematic bass music is a better term. Um, And... And so that that was sort of our exploration of that, and which actually led into like part of Crackdown Three. Like the the audio director on Crackdown Three really liked the hype scene stuff, and you know, so it, there's a little bit of cross pollination there. Um, and then in Harmony, we were exploring. We had done a, a number of tra- music tracks for for horror trailers that were just really out there, like really strange and kind of frightening, but that we really liked and we thought like, man, this is this is some cool music, this is unique. And, you know, uh, so you know, we put together a collection of those tracks and, and released it as well. It wasn't like, oh, you know, um, a, a conscious like, hey, let's change our styles and do this. I think it's that, you know, we like a number of different things. We're good at a number of different things. And, you know, we want each album or EP to be, just itself to be a coherent collection of, of tracks, but not necessarily that, you know, finishing move is only one particular style it's just you know we try to just focus at a couple of different things that we're good at and make each thing you know coherent for in in of itself
2: i mean it's kind of like manifesting the projects that like we want to work on if we're not working on them so sometimes it's like you know we're just like hey we want to explore this. We've got a lot of ideas. Like we might not be working on a project that uh, reflects that. Like we were putting together Hype Scene when we were working on uh, Halo Wars 2, which is totally different sounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, Totally cool. We love sort of all those aspects. And we're like, Oh, you know, like, wouldn't it be cool if we like, you know, stretched out and did some of this stuff. And, you know, since there wasn't, if there isn't necessarily a project to do that on, it's like, ah, we'll we'll just like put together some tracks, but as an album, maybe we can license that to, you know, some TV or some film, or maybe it's just cool for show reels to like, sort of like put out there into the world, you know, the kind of stuff that, that we like and want to explore. And I think that like, both Hype Scene and, and uh, In Harmony are sort of examples of that. Like, we'll be sort of down a rabbit hole and come up with some cool stuff and say, like, oh, yeah, it would be cool to just, like, like share this out there and, and get people's reaction. And, uh, you know, like, maybe we get a gig out of it. You know, maybe it's just, like, a cool way for us to put out music where no one gets to, like, give notes on it you know like that's another thing like just putting out music sometimes where you get to just kind of like be your own boss and go okay i'm going to put this out and we're going to make it cool for us and uh and then just sort of put that out to the world versus sort of the composer is traditionally working as part of a big team lots lot of stakeholders and so you're you're taking input from everybody which is great because you're everybody's sort of working towards Uh, hopefully working towards a singular vision and you're sort of, you know, morphing yourself into that vision and working towards the greater good. However, you know, the, when you just want to be an artist and say like, yeah, I really want to like make the statement, but I don't really care if, you know, someone's got notes about it. Like that's kind of, you know, the reason we'll put out these, these little albums occasionally just to sort of stretch that it, scratch that itch. Yeah.
0: Fantastic! Yeah. Speaking of of interesting and and kind of Easter eggy sorts of stuff within Harmony, in specific, there was this spectrogram aspect related to the compositions. Can you guys kind of elaborate on that for the listeners and why you decided to include that?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, we we just thought that was kind of novel. I'd explore. I had explored that idea a little bit before. I I have a a, a project outside of Finish move. It's called Trifonic. It's an electronic music project, and I had done a a track um, where I had put like, a, a message into the spectrum, like, basically lyrics that, that were, you know, that were outside the audible range, and I'd sort of figured out how to do that by, you know, taking a, a picture of the words, and then converting that into a sound, and then frequency shifting it way up into the top of the, the spectrum, and so I was like, okay, that's a cool, like, proof of concept, and then I was thinking, you know, when Brian White and I were talking about it, like, how can we actually use this? as a storytelling you know mechanism especially in this music that's like really creepy and dark and and cool it's like what you know how how can we sort of add to this um collection of tracks like give it a a narrative um that's like basically like a very short you know poem or like well or you know like a little short text the prose, and, yeah, and yeah that, that that kind of goes goes with it that um you know tells tells a story and and sets a mood and so you know we I'd sort of already done that proof of concept um with uh with, with with this this triphonic track and and so yeah we just you know we worked with some writer friends of ours that they they write for video games um and uh they they wrote the little pieces for in harmony and and then we just embedded them in there and it's yeah it's like it's pretty freaky too to see it on a on a spectrograph it's uh
0: really cool. Yeah, it was a really neat thing that I think is a reflection of kind of this this modern era and this depth that you can include that you wouldn't have been able to to appreciate or, or see back in I don't know, say 30 40 years ago maybe. It's just not not possible. So, yeah, yeah. really cool include so thank you for that. Yeah, thanks. So most recently, Crackdown 3, released about a month ago, Xbox One, Windows PC. I think we should just take a listen to some of the tracks from the soundtrack right now. Let's listen to Chimera Dawn. listen to Echo and Skills for Kills, and we'll be right back shortly with Brian Trifon and Brian Lee White of Finishing Move. All right, you just got done listening to three tracks straight from our guests for the evening. We are talking to Brian Trifon and Brian Lee White of Finishing Move right off the Crackdown 3 soundtrack. Now, we just had this brief glimpse into your work. really, really shows that this is not just generic music set to scenes of a game. Instead, these are really outstanding standalone tracks that don't require this visual component. How did you approach Crackdown 3 versus, say, your work on Massive Chalice?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the 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 point that you just kind of uh, uh, alluded to there uh, was with the soundtrack for Crackdown, we we, we specifically set out to do uh, soundtrack edits that were different than Uh, exactly what you'd hear in the game because the music that we wrote for this, it was the, the intention was always like, this is like music you could hear on the radio or in the club. And traditionally when you make a video game soundtrack, you have a lot of choices because you've got this interactive component. You know, like a lot of the music has to be functional and work interactively in the game and shift and change. And it actually, it does that in the game if you play the game. And then we wanted to go back and say, okay, let's take those assets and let's, like, rework these tracks for each one of the bosses or things like that into, like, legit tracks that, you know, like a DJ could spin at a club or you could listen to in the car. And it's this, like, really cool record experience. Um, And we we sort of set out originally, like, when we were making the score for Crackdown, like, day one, we're going to do really dope versions for the soundtrack we're going to do really dope versions for the game we're going to sort of uh, basically cater to each but go out of our way to make sure that that each sort of worked in its own context
0: yeah that's a lot of work compared to just you know composing the tracks and then just throwing them out there and and putting them on the soundtrack yeah that's a lot more a lot more work in it i'm sure that just as a listener, I'm much more grateful because the experience listening to the soundtrack would be very different than just taking the, the rips from the game and, and throwing them onto a playlist. So, yeah, thank oh, you definitely, for doing that. yeah. It, it, and that's
2: why it's like, I mean, when people do rips from games and then they like, just post them to YouTube, and it's, it's a little bit like, oh, guys, like, you're taking this out of context, but okay, you know, the Internet's going to be the Internet. But we wanted <laughs> to have, like, a definitive statement that, like, the composers made... You know, but that's, like, here. here's our version. Massive Chalice, I mean, we, uh, we just didn't have as much breadth or scope to be able to go back to sound. The soundtrack's cool. They are different edits for the soundtrack. And, and so I definitely, like, don't want to, like, sit on that soundtrack because we love that, that, that score. But we just, I don't think with that one we had the same, uh, like, post-production process where, like, I took, I think we shut down over Christmas, because everybody shuts down over Christmas. And I spent, like, basically the whole month uh, with our our assistant, Jay, who's a a huge part of of the Crackdown score, just, like, reworking for the soundtrack. Like, we basically were like, okay, nobody's bothering us. It's Christmas time. Like, let's go back and make these soundtrack versions so they're just, like, really dope. And, you know, do a proper mix pass through analog outboard, get a master, you know, like do this whole thing. Uh, and, and yeah, I'm like, we're really stoked on sort of that extra effort that went into it. It definitely paid off. Cause we didn't get paid any more money to do that, but we just said to ourselves, like, we're going to do this and it's going to be awesome. And we're going to have a cool soundtrack.
1: Yeah. We wanted it to, re- you know, to best reflect uh, what we're capable of too. And, and what we do, you know, it's like the, soundtrack is an opportunity, like, not only for people that are, you know, fans of the game to to listen to music, but also just to sort of, like, put forth the music in a coherent and condensed way, too, because, like, if you're just, if you're playing the game, you know, you'll hear all this music, but it's, like, it's, it's, uh, it's triggered in such a way that it's, you know, it's very, it's very interactive, you're not always hearing all of it, um and you know you're not going to hear it as like a coherent two or three minute piece of music and so this the soundtrack gives us an opportunity to really show off like um you know like here's here's the intent of of this and uh and it's and like in this case we're, we're really proud of the crackdown 3 soundtrack because it it's like really cool to listen to on its own and we think in the game it's it's, it's excellent so yeah we're really happy with how
0: it all turned out beautiful yeah same here it, it's super great soundtrack, and it's not just the soundtrack that you made for it, though. Uh, I assume this is Sumo Digital that probably approached you about doing the soundtrack, is that correct?
1: Um, so, uh, it, was, it was Microsoft, who's the publisher oh, sure. um, for the project, but uh, yeah, so they they, uh, went in, uh, they approached us about it basically as we're winding down on Halo Wars 2, um, and, you know, we started discussing the, the sort of beginning ideas of what they were looking for, in crackdown three which is obviously much different totally different style than any of the halo stuff um and and that's why at the same time we we're working on that hype scene album basically as a sort of a proof of concept of like well here, you know look we can do this stuff because part of it too is we have to convince people like we knew we could do the crackdown three style that we could do an excellent job of it but you know other people that are looking to hire us that, you know, they hear us from the Halo franchise and they're familiar with what we can do with that or Massive Chalice, which is very different. And so, you know, part of it is, like, you know, Hype Scene was, in some ways, a way of, like, hey, like <laughs> we, a way to convince them, like, hey, we can do this. We can do this in a really legit way. So,
2: and sure. even to that point, like, the, if you listen to the track Nimbus on the Crackdown 3 score, that's actually a rework of Betamax, from Hype Scene, so that's the the audio director, Chris, was like, oh, this is perfect for, that's the menu music in Crackdown, and so we sort of took that and reworked it with some thematic elements, uh, changed a couple of things, uh, remixed it, and, uh, but, I mean, if you listen to the two songs, I mean, you'd be like, yep, that's, like, that's the same song, Uh, and and that was actually a conscious choice. It wasn't just like, oh, let's try to just sneak in this thing that we did already as, like, a a new cue in the game. No, this was the audio director, you know, like, he had all of our tracks. He had stuff from Heidsteen before we even put it out. So, like, because we we had been working on Crackdown uh, from the early days, probably, uh, like, four years ago but it was really slow to start. So we had done some, like, trailer uh, music, and we had done some, like, really um, preliminary work on the uh, the multiplayer part of the game. And then it was really slow for, like, a year or two as they were working out design stuff. And, and in that time, we were kind of, like, muscling up with Hype Scene, just sort of, like, proof of concept, like, like let's just get these ideas out and then share them with the audio director and see what he thinks, like, as far as, like, is this what we're talking about? Like, is this what we want to do? And fortunately, it's like, yes, this is exactly what we want to do. And actually, like, let's take this track, make these changes, and we can use it here. So that was actually a really cool
0: process
2: uh, to sort of genesis to get to, you know, where we ended up with the Crackdown score.
0: Yeah, I was going to touch a little bit about how there was, uh, Crackdown Three was delayed a number of times over the years. I think it was originally supposed to be released in 2016 or something, and it just kind of kept getting yeah. delayed. So I was going to ask how that affected the soundtrack and if you were approached way back at the beginning or if it was just kind of more recently. But it sounds like you used that time very wisely to develop that style in hype Scene.
1: Yes, yeah, we we you know we were approached very early on, and we developed the style during the slow periods and you know, and then like when it was finally, you know, go time, it's like we were really able to to be locked into the sound and, and, um, but yeah, I mean, even for us, the, you know, delays are always challenging, you know, because you're, you're trying to plan your schedule. Uh, I mean, together, Brian and I run a business and we're trying to plan our schedule of what we're doing and when we're busy and when we're not. And, uh, it's, it's very difficult when, it's like you know, it's like okay, it's shipping then, and then you know, and then it's like, and then it gets moved, and then it's okay, and it's gonna be shipped in 2017, and then it gets moved, and it's it's uh, you know, it's a it's a, it's a challenging thing, but you know, we just adapted to it, and and I think it 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 like having more time actually did make it. Better for us, and and uh, and I think we we ended up being able to do more with the music because of it, and and also create more music for the game. Like part of it was that they they scoped more music. Yeah, for I us mean, to we write.
2: the scope went from um, like originally we were supposed to be done like yeah like 2016. And so originally, I think we since we kind of like joined the project, it was like yeah, it's like going to be a real tight turnaround. You've got kind of like eight months to like crank out. I think it was going to be somewhere around 70 minutes of music or something like that, which is, you know, a a decent chunk of music, not, not a ton. Uh, But because it got delayed, uh, we were able to really up that. I think we ended up doing almost four hours of music in total uh, for the game. Uh, including, like, all this little stuff that unless you play the game a lot, you you probably don't notice. But there's no licensed music in the game whatsoever. That's a conscious choice because licensed music can be really hard. If you, like, want to come back 10 years later and do, like, a, a remaster of the game, you got to go back and try to, like, figure out, like, oh, man, where did we license that music from? So they learned that lesson with Crackdown 1 and 2, um, which had a lot of licensed music. So for Crackdown 3, it was like, let's just do an all-original score, both because like then we have total control over how it sounds and the through line and the continuity. But also, you know, in a game studio then owns that score. They, they sort of commissioned it from us. So through and through, they can come back 25 years later put the game out remaster it use all that work and they don't have to come back to us and go hey guys can we use the stuff you wrote for this so we wrote like in including the actual music music that you hear we wrote all the little jingles and the sort of diegetic music that you hear playing from the shops and like from behind the club wall you can hear you know like trap beats or dance beats playing or the boombox plays little dance beats like Every piece of music you hear in the game, we actually wrote every minute of it. So it was it was, was kind of cool to get that extra time to really kind of flesh out the world and uh, and, and, and just just put in a ton of work. Uh, and I think it really shows in sort of the, the end experience, at least as far as the sound goes. I know some people have some bugaboos with that game on Metacritic, but it's a really <laughs> fun game and it sounds really great.
0: Sure. Yeah, the talking about just the um, the modern problem of remaster. I was just thinking about and how with back in the day you know you've got your metroids and whatnot and those are all of course original compositions and there was no such thing as a remaster because that was just kind of the first generation of games and then we went into to the playstation era the n64 era and still there were a lot of first kind of new ips but now with this kind of resurgence of nostalgia and the remasters and i was thinking about tony hawk's pro skater and how everyone loved that soundtrack and then they had to think well now we've got a Try and get the licensing for all of the music that everyone loved so much, and they weren't able to. So yeah, it's a good good thought on uh, on their part to to commission you guys, make an awesome soundtrack, have all complete control over it, and then be able to use it later on.
2: Yeah, I mean, cause with Crackdown Two, they almost weren't able to do it. You know, like they, it has a lot of licensed music, and they're doing the backwards play thing, and it was it was it's a it's a thing. Like being able to go back and get the licenses. I think uh, and, they they have been, and
1: it's just go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. Also, I mean, also with uh, like we had that same issue when we did Halo Two anniversary. Oh, that's right.
2: Yeah, yeah. There mm-hmm.
1: there was a, in the original Halo Two. There's an Incubus song right. and um,
2: what Breaking the other Benjamin band? song.
1: Breaking Benjamin song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they were not able or uh, to secure the rights of those. So you know, we commissioned basically two. New songs from our um, our friend Misha Mansur. He's in the band Periphery. It's like a heavy metal band. Oh yeah, that's po- popular. Um, so we hired Misha, like commissioned him to write two tracks for it to replace the Incubus song that's in the game and the Breaking Benjamin one. Um, and they were commissioned songs, like it so that you know, uh, for uh, like they're not they weren't like licensed existing material. So that you know, for future re reissues of the you know for halo 2 20th or 30th year anniversary if they ever do that in the future that they don't have to like go back and and work out the licensing stuff um on,
2: on but it's that. a real concern i think a lot of fans they just think like well you can't you just why didn't you just and it's like yeah man it's like it's, business is tough mm-hmm.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you got to jump through hoops there's a lot of red tape all that stuff that
2: Yep. Yeah, the fans exactly. are just like, well,
0: come on, guys. It's just as easy as copying and pasting the MP3, and it's fine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, sure. With yeah.
0: So with Crackdown 3, I really like the direction that... that it was taken because it's got this kind of futuristic blade runner-esque metropolis thing going on with this the city of new providence and you know you could take a screenshot of this you could probably hear the 80s synths just swelling and instead you got this in totally totally different vibe so uh yeah so i just love that sound i wanted to just compliment you guys on on that vision and not going the, the regular traditional kind of 80s route oh thanks Now, certain uh, songs that you guys used for some of the cutscenes in the game were not just copy-pasted into the album release of the soundtrack. Can you explain that decision a little bit?
2: Yeah, I think that, so, the cutscenes, you know, they have a specific vibe and a storyline to them uh, where they'll hint at things like, they'll hint at a boss's theme, but
0: they'll do it in,
2: in a sort of a uh, duality type way. So, I mean, if you, if you haven't seen some of them, there'll be, for example, when they introduce a boss, he has a little cutscene, and it'll be like, he's a nice guy, but then at the end, he's a bad guy. And So we kind of had to create these kind of wild versions of their themes, where it's like, oh, he's a friend. Oh, no, actually, he's a terrible person. <laughs> uh, and so uh, basically, long story short, as with a lot of cutscene stuff that we do in games, the music it just doesn't work outside of picture. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, maybe for like a super fan, but it's kind of like go watch it on YouTube. they've ripped them, they're there. like you can watch every cutscene. It's just the music without the picture. it doesn't actually make for the most compelling music music that you want to listen to. So I think we kind of consciously decided let the cutscenes live. As intended, so with dialogue and picture and effects, and that's music and that's valid music in that context. But then, I we didn't want to just shoehorn them onto the soundtrack like sometimes they do in, in different games. And I think you know with 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 sometimes better and sometimes worse results. But for us, we just said you know what, like let's just keep this curated and in the spirit of you know like you know this score that we wanted so much to sound like a record sound like music you hear on the radio let's just leave off the cutscene stuff that doesn't make as much sense to a listening experience does that does that kind of answer your question
0: yeah absolutely it sounds like it just it honors the music itself and and retains that cohesiveness of the record and yeah, yeah. that's yeah honoring the the craftsmanship itself so great yeah very it good.
1: just it it was just sort of like the cutscene music was like just stylistically didn't work as well in the soundtrack. It was so, you know, because we, we, we thought about it, but it just was like, eh, I think it's better to leave this stuff And off. I
2: mean, I you know, one day we'll probably just put that, all that stuff on SoundCloud or people ask for it for the yeah. super fans. Like, there's <laughs> definitely like, I you know, like, I, I, I love it when people are like, oh man, this thing didn't make it on the soundtrack. Like, where, you know, like, where is it? It's like, that means they actually like listen to our music and they like care and they want something and so (laughs) i'm sympathetic to that and like you know i'll make a list in my head of of sort of b-sides and things that that didn't make it on because again like four hours of music
1: yeah there's a lot that we doesn't make
2: sense to do a four-hour soundtrack like that is it's kind of a mess to make like to, to sequence together that much stuff uh I, you know, and, and then still have a coherent statement that, let's say, like, someone who didn't play the game and they just wanted to, like, oh, let's check out the soundtrack, you know, it would be a bit hard to approach if it was four hours of, like, every single, you know, ten-second snippet of music.
0: Yeah, people don't necessarily want to listen to that. Maybe if they do, then then cool, and that's perfect outlet for, for SoundCloud and that sort of thing. So, yeah, hopefully, yeah, maybe later YouTube, on.
2: YouTube, SoundCloud, it's all... I mean, people like... It, if you can imagine, if something exists, someone has ripped it to YouTube. That's, the, <laughs> that's kind of the law of the internet.
0: For sure. So some, some outlets out there have called the game basically a Terry Crews simulator. He's kind of like given the voice and likeness to one of the characters, Jackson, and if I'm not mistaken, he also worked with you guys on a version of his theme, Jackson's Jam. What was that collaboration like?
1: So we didn't actually work with Terry Crews, but we did write his jam for him so basically that it's in the first uh, cut scene you know he asked for he asked for his jam and like so we had to you know write a piece of music for that and uh and so that was like jackson's jam it's kind of more there's more of an old school feel to it than i think that like in terms of like old school rap hip-hop feel to it than compared to some of the other uh tracks in the soundtrack um
2: but, but I think what you're yeah, talking correct. about. There is a special version that's only in the game uh, where it does feature his dialogue. And so, like, actually, like, what that that the way that kind of came about was we had his we had his jam uh, made, and it was specifically we made it for the in, the initial cutscene, and then we wanted to do an extended version for the credits. That was always sort of like in the plans of how we were gonna uh, sort of approach that. And then sort of as we were putting together the extended version, I was like, oh, man, like, wouldn't it be cool, like, if we could get, like, like some kind of, like, Terry Crews dialogue kind of, like, you know, he's, like, almost, like, rapping over it kind of deal. And, and I just said, like, can you, can you just give me access to all the stuff that he recorded, and we'll sort it out on our end. Uh, and we actually we did that, like, and we pieced it together together um, and, and it's actually, it actually works really, really well. You probably wouldn't know that we pieced it together until I just gave that all away. Ah. But uh, huh. it, on, the, on the credits of the game, you get that version. That's like sort of the special version for beating the game. The version on the soundtrack does not have that. Uh, it's just kind of like a little Easter egg kind of thing for the super fans, the Terry Crews fans. You had to play the Terry Crews simulator and beat it <laughs> to get the Terry Crews version of the jackson jam
0: got yeah. it cool okay and when you were making jackson's jam did you did you think of more the, the, specifically the character jackson were you in conscious of terry cruz is that character and you were trying to kind of custom tailor it to his persona I mean, or
2: is, is jackson so that's I mean, yeah really that's what like i figured <laughs> so it's like well, it's inseparable yeah
0: sure cool so very good
2: definitely yeah very much yeah just like okay like this is you know, like, what's the, how can we distill, uh, you know, Terry Crews and Jackson, you know, like, what's his, you know, DNA? And, and it's funny because the, the, as much of a beat driven score as this is, you know, as much of this is like, kind of like trap bass music and things like that, we still totally make use of traditional composition concepts like, like, motifs and things like that where you hint at a theme you know, like a if you don't know what a chief is, it's Vader,
0: like a character,
2: yeah, character theme. You know, little little licks that would hint at a specific character that reoccur and 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 with Jackson, sort of his those horn blasts that happen at the very beginning uh, of Jackson's jam, those will actually trickle through the game uh, anytime like his dialogue comes in, you'll kind of hear like the horn stab (laughs) Uh, when you beat bosses. There's like sort of uh, uh, versions, uh, like sort of uh, versions of that motif, kind of an agency victory. Like you beat that boss. Uh, So we'll kind of hint back at, you know, Jackson's theme uh, throughout the game, uh, just as a, as a, as a representation of like, he's the hero. He's the, like sort of the main you know, badass agent, uh, and, and represents the agency.
0: Fantastic. I love that, that, you know, you're aware that the, the little things in these, these pieces, that's what's going to kind of shape and influence how the player is experiencing the game, even when they're completely oblivious to the little stabs, like you're saying. So I love all of the, the, just the little thought and, and every little last bit that you put in there. Thank you guys. Uh, Now, I know you two have a mountain of musical projects at any given time, I'm sure. So once again, thank you for for sitting down, talking to me, giving so much of your time. Do you have any sort of closing thoughts, messages to your fans, anything at all?
1: I guess
2: uh... Uh, the crackdown score is available anywhere you stream music. Uh, So are all our other albums. Um, You can find them on Spotify or iTunes. They're all up there. And uh, we will be, uh, if you're really uh, a game audio geek, we'll be at GDC next week, uh, the Game Developers Conference, uh, speaking about Crackdown, uh, talking about uh, making the score, as well as all the sound design and mix and stuff like that. The audio director will be there with us. Uh, That's uh, a week from Friday. What day is that? The twenty.
1: Uh, yeah, a week from this Friday, basically. And, okay. Uh,
0: terrible with the dates. Yeah. the okay. Twenty second. Yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, that that should be really cool. Like we're we're excited to speak there and and get really deep into the talking about the music and sound design of Crackdown Three.
0: Thank you guys again. Once more time, uh, you can find Finishing Move on their website, finishingmoveinc.com. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. It is facebook.com slash finishingmoveinc. Instagram is at finishingmoveinc. You can find them on Twitter as well. It's at F-N-S-H-I-N-G underscore move. And individually, you can find Brian Trifon at Trifonic, and Brian Lee White is at Brian Lee White on Twitter. Again, just like they mentioned, you can find all of their soundtracks and things, Crackdown and uh, Hype Scene and And all of that you can find on SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Amazon Music, Spotify. They got them. So check them out online. Again, my name is Marma the Midboss. I'm the host of Lag Radio, and we will see you next time here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.